the DH. I really like Brent Laurie, and I bet I could watch you strike out A-Rod all day. But when you're done doing whatever, when you're through playing whoever, you know that the Nats fans will be right here waiting for you. Well, good morning and welcome to Resting Pitch Face, episode six. I can't believe we're actually to six already. Um, but as always, I'm Kay. I'm Laura. And I'm Sydney. And we can be found, besides here where you're listening, we can be found on Twitter at Restin Pitch Face, no G, Tumblr at Resting Pitch Face Podcast. We can be found on iTunes under Resting Pitch Face. And you can always contact us directly through our Gmail at restingpitchface at gmail.com. And on that, we actually did get some feedback from one of our listeners uh, related to last uh, to our last episode and our our confusion over Jonathan Pablobon's contract and how much money the Nets actually were going to owe him after firing his ass, like it should have happened a long time ago. Um, so it turns out that if he signs with somebody, the Nats will only be responsible for three the remaining three million. Um, presumably, if he does not sign with anyone, we are responsible for the rest. But one of our listeners, Liz, pointed that out to us. Um, now, of course, it is the 28th of August as of this recording, and to my knowledge, he has not yet signed. So it looks like we are probably facing eating the rest of that con that money. But well, I can tell you, uh, at least one Red Sox fan was very much against him him signing. Um, so I don't know what the crossover between people who like to uh, follow people who are anti-science denialism on Twitter and people who like baseball, though I feel like it's probably a healthy crossover. But a guy named Seth Manukin, who's at MIT, and he's the author of the Panic Virus and a bunch of other books. Um, uh, basically, he's also an anti-anti-vaxxer and things like that. So, so he's you know lawful good. Um, but he was also against the Red Sox hiring Jonathan Papelbon again, um, which I feel like hiring him at this point is its own flavor of science denialism. It's looking at stats and going, nah, let's just do it anyway. <laughs> so I I feel like the Red Sox might have looked at him and been like, mm, not worth it. Which is true. He is not worth it. Yeah. There were I, a few op-eds in the Boston Globe arguing for hiring him, but it seems to have petered out. And the interesting dynamic on that is that the Boston Globe and the Boston Red Sox are actually owned by the same person. Huh. <laughs> Which explains a lot about the yeah. Boston media coverage of baseball, frankly. Yeah. Well, also, I mean, I say this having lived there, also Boston is the explanation for the Boston coverage of Boston sports. So. Right. <laughs> I mean, no. you don't know if they own the Bruins as well, because the Bruins media coverage is just like, a, it's a it's a tire fire normally. I don't, I don't think they own the Bruins, but I, I remember finding out that the Globe and the Red Sox were owned by the same guy after living in Boston for the first 18 years of my life and just thinking to myself, God, now it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Boston has a unique relationship with its sports media and sports. What was their feeling about uh, Ali Reisman putting medals around David Ortiz's neck? Similar, similar to how DC felt about Bryce becoming a medal holder for Katie Ledecky. Okay. Human coat rack. <laughs> yes. This is good. This is how things should work. We are pleased. Yeah. Although I don't think her first pitch actually was terribly good. Katie okay. Ledecky's? No, Ali Reisman's. Okay. 
Yeah, no, Katie Ledecky, let's was, hire her. Yeah, that was Katie Ledecky good. was great. But yeah, Ali Raisman, I don't think, threw a very good first pitch. So that was the only real difference between people's reactions was yeah. everybody was proud of Katie. But then after Ali turned David Ortiz into a metal rack, she then did not throw a terribly good eh, first pitch. That's not, eh. what she, that's not what she's good at. That's not her yeah. sport. But I mean, I don't know why anyone would have a negative reaction to her putting her medals around uh, David Ortiz's neck. Why would anyone object to that in the entirety of... <laughs> I don't know. I felt like it was a slightly different vibe of being like, here, Bryce Harper, stick out your, you know, million dollar arms and let me adorn you with medals as if you were a piece of furniture versus <laughs> I'm going to put a medal around your neck like you just want it. Well, and that probably says something, too, about sort of Boston's relationship with David Ortiz being yeah. what it is. Yeah. And I'm sure she grew up idolizing him because she's super young, even though they call her like gymnastics grandma. Uh, well, that means she could, you know, vote yeah. legally. It means right. she's like over twenty-one, probably. Yeah. I don't right. Know how old she is, but like... so she was probably a toddler when David Ortiz started his big league career. Yeah. Let's see. He went to the Red Sox in two thousand and two, right? Or yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he was yeah. Well, my point <laughs> was this: this great trend of badass female athletes making. Mm -hmm. male athletes hold their medals for them while they do yeah. cool things, I'm in favor of. We should have more of this. Mm -hmm. oh, oh, for sure. And yeah. quite frankly, based on her pitching, Katie Ledecky has the makings of, I don't know, a late inning reliever. Like, the sample size is small, but I feel <laughs> like we could do it. Um, she's still young enough to get that training in, right? She's 19. Yeah. I think. yeah, so she, she's, got, she's got some time to go down the minors and work it up. I, I think um, when he was 19, Tyler Clippard was still, like, a shortstop, so, like... <laughs> <laughs> so how fast would we have to move to be able to have Katie Ledecky and Erica Scherzer in the bullpen for the postseason roster? Like, uh, now. We yeah. have two and a half days, pretty much. <laughs> All I mean, right, I think it's possible. It Get on yeah, it. Come on, let's go. Let's go. Come on. <laughs> well, and I was going to say, so that chart of... Um, ceremonial first pitches for the nationals <laughs> that was going around yeah uh, hers was like one of the best strikes like she got it near the plate john wall who plays for the wizards like I, drew storen has talked about it. he's like i caught that pitch or rather that pitch came at me like <laughs> he's like that guy's a really good athlete uh maybe we should have practiced <laughs> <laughs> so like the fact that she managed to get you know one pretty good in the zone is pretty impressive yeah. compared to other like award-winning athletes some of them really really badly missed and i was like you you do this for a living maybe not this particularly but you'd think you would be better at it than like the the head of the navy or something when they get them <laughs> to come out and throw the pitches and like they did a better job than you and you get paid money to play sports um it's on a natural throwing motion like i yeah. you know if you're used to throwing a basketball in a certain way and it's of a certain size and a, at a certain distance like you know i don't know why katie lydic is really good at baseball but i want her <laughs> to play baseball uh, after she wins you know more gold medals for the state of maryland <laughs> Maybe she could go on to the Olympics for the state of Maryland in baseball. Maryland won 18 gold medals. We won, didn't Maryland win more than like several small European countries? No, we won the fifth most medals yeah. in the Olympics. <laughs> Maryland as a country was fifth. Uh, <laughs> now, more uh, people from the U.S. won medals than uh, who are outside of maryland than people from maryland specifically but like i think we were tied with like russia or something yeah it was it was yeah. kind of hilarious that like maryland 
could be its own country's country for the Olympics. Or at least for the Summer Olympics. I don't know how well yeah. we do in uh, winter sports. It's a little too hot here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but true, for the Summer Olympics, and it's obviously Katie Ledecky and, and Michael Phelps, like, thumb on the yeah. scale. But, um, but yes, Maryland won 18 gold medals. Woo! It was gross. Yeah. <laughs> you mean awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's out wearing their lovely flags in Maryland Pride. Not that they need encouragement, but... I mean, Maryland Pride is like, we have epidemic rates of chlamydia and blue crabs. Like, <laughs> I think most people focus more on the blue crabs and the Old Bay than the chlamydia. How do we always end up talking about chlamydia? <laughs> I know a lot of facts about chlamydia. And chlamydia. <laughs> I don't know anything about Maryland's chlamydia rates, so I no responsibility here. This is all said. <laughs> I was like, yeah, no, Old Bay, not Chlamydia. Like, <laughs> if we're going to package something, let's package the Old Bay. Well, I mean, I mean, people were joking that Old Bay might have been a PED. It could be. It certainly gives us strength. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Michael Phelps' blood is found to be 50% Old Bay and 50% octopus blood. Uh, <laughs> so oh, is that where the Ryan Zimmerman rumor rumors came from? Was he I, really just eating it, a lot of Old Bay? Well, he's technically from Virginia. But, I mean, there's there's certain spillover. The Old Bay leaks out of the state a little bit, so there could be. Where well, if it's in the water supply. From. If it's yeah. in the water supply, what can you do? Yeah, and it's definitely in the water supply. <laughs> <laughs> Dump enough pots of crab boil out, and you've got it in the water supply. Um, but, yeah, maybe that's where the rumors came from, and then they're like, no, I guess Old Bay is not a PED because he was cleared. Um, Ryan Zimmerman was cleared of all PED charges in the, um, was it, the Al Jazeera Mm -hmm. Yeah, expose as well as I think everybody else. I know Ryan Howard was cleared. Presumably the other athletes named. I the only one other one of the Mannings mm -hmm. was it in football? I don't know from football. Um, so presumably they were all cleared in the in that whole scandal. But Ryan Zimmerman's the one we care about. Yeah, and and he has alluded to the fact that there's going to be a lawsuit, etc. Um, you know, uh, against Al, Al Jazeera and the Wait. people who did the report. Is he is he actually gonna? Because I know that when he was originally, because he did sue them before yeah. before it was cleared, and he was like, I have to put my whole life on display here and like open up every single thing about me from the past ten years. Um, but I wonder if they're gonna still go through with it now that he, now that all the charges have been dropped. Um, I mean, they interviewed him, and I I got the sense that the answer was yes. Yeah, that... I agree. I saw a statement that he made after he was cleared, basically saying. Yes, thank you, and now we're going to keep suing you. You know, I guess if they've come this far and, and prepared themselves for it, I guess why not? But... And, and, I mean, there, there is something to be said for if you start, it's not even a rumor, if you publish the fact that, like, someone's using PEDs and they're not, mm -hmm. like, the burden of proof is on, is on you. To, it really to, is. Yeah. yeah, and so, like... As much as I dislike people with a whole lot of money getting to control what's in the media about them, at the same time, like, if you come out with a big accusation, you better have big evidence. Yeah, you well, better... It, it turns into the boy who cried wolf, too. Like, we need to uh. be able to take allegations seriously when they come up, and if news media are just sort of exploiting the fact that they can point their fingers at whoever and say, you know, he did PEDs, too, mm -hmm. then that's going to cause real accusations to lose credibility. Yeah, and the, like so, they need to like learn a lesson a little bit about no, no, no. Sometimes you're not going to be able to get away with it and think twice before you start throwing the shit around. I mean, 
is he suing just Al Jazeera, or is he also suing the guy who, like, quote-unquote leaked this to Al Jazeera? I, that I don't know. Um, I think he's suing Al Jazeera, because I think the guy who supposedly leaked it has actually recanted more than once. Yeah. Okay. Um, the one who started the rumor in the first yeah. place. Um, I guess because Al Jazeera is the one that has the responsibility to, like, fact-check him. He doesn't have to fact-check his own lying. Um, right. He can just be like, whatever, and it's their responsibility to be like, is this guy full of shit? Yeah, and I and I feel like, you know, obviously when you get into PEDs and you get into all of this stuff, it's not like you're going to get necessarily an above-board prescription that you toddle down to, like, your neighborhood pharmacy to pick up your, you know, prescription mm-hmm. for human growth hormone. It's, <laughs> you know, a trainer's like, here, rub that on you. Uh, it's cream, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, oh, whoops, it's laced with whatever. Um, and a lot of the steroids, you don't even have to inject. Like, they are just topical. Um so due to the chemistry of steroids and so you know that's one of those things where you might not get a lot of hard evidence at the same time how do i put this brian zimmerman doesn't look like mark mcguire well (laughs) neither did d gordon yeah i mean that's true true. you can't really Um, like go on what they look like just as evidence of that i mean so living with uh someone who grew up as an o's fan and like finding out, like, Rafael Palmero got named, and he still denies it and everything like that. But you look at him, and it's like, he's not looking like a Mark McGuire. He does not look like he's eating a bowl full of steroids instead of a bowl full of Wheaties, like, <laughs> for breakfast every morning. Physical appearance is not an indicator. Yeah, yeah. And I guess in a lot of the ones that are more, like, accelerated healing or speed exactly. or whatever, yeah. you're not going to get that. But at the same time, it's it's one of those things where it's like, no, if, if you want to make a big claim, have some big evidence for it. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the same thing with, with Geo. Like, Geo got accused of PEDs a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it turns out Geo's just in, kind of dumb. <laughs> like, yeah. that was the resolution of the investigation was, like, that weight loss clinic in South Florida that's notorious for PEDs where Geo's father went, it, mm-hmm. it's because he was trying to lose weight. And he was like, like, that sounds like a great place to send my dad. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, Gio, oh, Gio, Gio. no. <laughs> Gio, no. <laughs> That's okay. He doesn't have to be smart. Except, of course, when his ass is on the line for PED violations. Then maybe yeah. be a little bit more smart. <laughs> yeah. But he did get 100 wins. He Yay! did get 100 wins. Uh, that was Saturday. Or Friday, excuse me. Friday. 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 Um, so that was we Friday night. I know. I was like, I don't remember what day of the week this is. I'm like, this is Monday, right? This is, fi- this is, oh, God, no, no, this is Sunday. Um, yeah. So Friday night and we were all happened to be there, which was really fun. Um, uh, Gio got his hundredth win and I went and I checked this out cause I was curious and it, he does have a roughly 60, 40 percentage of his wins were with the nationals. So 62 wins as a nat. And I'm happy that it's, more than 50% with us because he spent equal numbers of time at this point uh, with the uh, with the A's and now with the Nats. So he likes being a Nat better, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and he hasn't been going very long in games this season, but, like, his ERA is down to something reasonable. And, you know, considering he, he had problems in the second and the fourth inning, as he does, mm-hmm. like, he got He's- out of them. Yeah, he kept it. Uh, he only gave up what two runs? Yeah, yeah. Um, um, and his ERA at this point is well, still not great. It's down to four two five. Mm-hmm. Um, but considering but wanna... what it was at the beginning of the season, like I'll take it for now. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think I saw someone say over the last couple starts it was like a three three two five. It was like a full point lower. That that might just be over the last three starts, not yeah. cumulative for the season. Yeah. Oh, no. definitely not cumulative. Yeah, for yeah, the yeah. Season. But, but like, yeah, no. like he 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 shook out whatever he needed to shake out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, and hopefully that and it seems like it's sticking a little bit. Um, I mean, last night was a quality start, or Friday night was a quality start. Mm-hmm. So, um. I'll, I'll take those every day, you know. When he uh, was in there with Lobi again, also. Not that that necessarily is a magic bullet, but I always feel a little bit better when I see that Geo gets to have Lobi catching him. I don't know why he seems to not be able to work it out with Wilson Ramos. They just don't seem to, like, mesh. But then, of course, he wasn't meshing with Lobi for the beginning of this season either, which is why he stopped having an informal personal catcher. Clearly, you know... I, I like Pedro back. Severino, but Kurt Suzuki, yes. Yeah. Yes. Geo Whisperer. Uh, yes. The comfort goat. <laughs> <laughs> I, I no, feel no. like Lobatone's skill at like faking balls into strikes might be helpful as well. I was actually going to say possibly also the fact that he moves around behind the dish so can block when Geo's like, oh, I'm just going to throw it all the way over there. Whoops, go get it. <laughs> I'm actually going to go get it. And uh, Wilson Ramos, much love not actually gonna go get it so that might be part of it and i mean that was certainly part of it with kurt suzuki because kurt suzuki was very agile back there so um i i could easily see that that's why lobby just works out a little bit better that it's actually logistical and not about geo's feelings necessarily well geo's feelings are logistical (laughs) 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 this is a factor we need to take and geo's feelings should be a stat (laughs) Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, did I ever tell you there is this cutest like analysis I saw that a kid had done on like if the weather affected Gio Gonzalez's pitching? Oh, oh no. So okay. maybe like there's a feelings cloud. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like a baseball reference could have like reported like, you know, the weather was 75 degrees. Gio's feelings were a five that day. <laughs> He should. He has like a like a cartoon character cloud above his head that like yeah. has a smiley face in it or like a frowny face or is just rain. <laughs> <laughs> Screams into hat is an emotion. So does Max just get like lightning and stomping? Like yes. I feel like this yeah, is an important an important new stat category here. <laughs> yes, yeah. he gets lightning and stomping and possibly wanting to eat people. I don't know. Yeah. That's what he always looks like to me. Like he's about to like just go chomp on somebody. <laughs> <laughs> so a zombie maybe, or I guess no. if we want to be like appropriate about it, like a tiger. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Versus versus, for instance, uh, Tanner Roark, who you're like, is he gonna flip out and kill me? He's gonna flip out and kill me. Yeah. Like it's a different aggression than Max. Like Tanner Roark's like keep face completely neutral before murder. Yeah, like that's a serial because, killer. That's because Tanner Roark is Bruce Banner. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Lock lock the Hulk down in there, buddy. Yeah. Like psychologically, it's not super healthy, but like maybe yeah. so you don't eat a batter or smash <laughs> a batter. God, or an umpire. Or... Yeah. <laughs> Did we determine that Steven Strasburg is now like our most emotionally healthy pitcher? I was gonna say no, no, no. It's not so much emotionally healthy. He's just gone back to no emotion. So I was thinking like former pitcher Jordan Zimmerman and now I think Steven Strasburg at this point, his emotion cloud would just be a straight line. <laughs> it would just be like things are happening. 
it be a vast desert, an ocean, a calm ocean. Like, uh, I mean, he's not he's not as emotionless as uh, Jordan Zimmerman because he gets mad at himself. Like, like that's like he's taking some of the wrong things from Gio maybe a little bit, uh, along with all of the the smiling that Gio has actually brought into his life. Um, but yeah, he would just be like gray. His emotions are the color gray. Jordan Zimmerman, after his no-hitter, managed to, like, crack an emotion, and I was like, are you going to hurt yourself? There have been two entire times that Jordan Zimmerman has had an emotion, and that's one of the two times. What was the other one? Like, the birth of a child? Like, <laughs> Okay, baseball-related. I'm not talking about his personal life. Um, presumably, he smiled at one point in his life before now. But he, the other time that I remember was in the 2012 playoffs when he came in, I guess, in relief. Um of someone and got we we he got him out and we won the game and he's there's that famous picture of him like with his fist in front of his face and his mouth wide open because he's yelling because he's so happy. Yeah, but, I didn't know he could do that with his I face. Know, exactly. Well, exactly. his no hitter bobblehead is smiling, and no. <laughs> if you look at the picture it it's based on, he wasn't. <laughs> They're faking it like, in the twenties. He smiled later, but in that moment at the very end where he threw his hands up in the air mm -hmm. after Sousa made that catch to save the no-no, he's not smiling in that picture. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. they were doing word association with players, and they're like, what word do you associate with Jordan Zimmer? And they're like, bulldog. No. <laughs> okay. I mean, okay, so feelings is a stat. Feelings is a sad. I like that Geo's Geo's feelings are a logistical concern. I mean, does anyone deny that? No, no, no. no, no. You're I mean, absolutely right. I, I, on Saturday night, I was sitting there, I was like, this game is going a lot longer than the game the night before, and uh, it was well, you know, Geo's having a conversation with himself every single after every single pitch, and I was like, that's kind of mean, but at the same time, completely valid. Yeah. <laughs> Geo needs a pace of play rule. Yeah, Friday. Did yeah. I say Saturday again? Yeah. Yep. Days. Um, Days are hard, Kay. It's all right. Yeah, he had that one game. What was it against the the Indians? Am I remembering that? Uh, or the Reds? It was in Ohio, um, where he had like that incredible pace of play. That they're like, I've never seen Geo like keep it together and pitch quickly before, and not have conversations after every single pitch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If oh. gloves could talk. <laughs> <laughs> So one should stick like one of those little spy uh, spy recorders in his glove and just hear what he's yelling at himself when he puts his glove over his face. I'm pretty sure we're all clear on it. <laughs> <laughs> you never like... know. I mean, I always think that like when pitching coaches go up there, they're like having a serious conversation, and every time every time someone said when he go when a pitching coach goes up to talk to Gio, he's just like, let's just crack some jokes, and like mm -hmm. maybe get maybe change his emotional trajectory. Changes emoji cloud from frowny face to smiles. Well, speaking of smiling. Speaking of smiling. Let's talk about Ben Revere. <sighs> I, he, I, he, I know he didn't play the past couple days. He came in and, uh, as a substitute last night. or And, and helped us tie it up in the ninth. Yes, he did. Um, but, I mean, just offensively. Like, my God. He had a run these past two weeks of, like, what three or four unbelievable catches? Yeah, including the one that down in Atlanta that everybody was like, "Holy, holy shit!" Like, yeah. your um, your top is made of rubber, and I believe your bottom is made of springs. Yes, bottom <laughs> definitely made of springs. I mean, that was 
that's like a nine foot wall in down in Atlanta or something like that, right? So he had to go up reaching like ten feet. And as we've discussed before, Ben Revere is a small. Um, so I mean, so this is not like someone who's six five going up and making a jump over a nine foot wall. This is somebody who is like pocket sized making that jump. So he's jumping much farther than it. You know, he's jumping a higher percentage of his own height again. You could probably now, do the math on that. Given but. Simone Biles, apparently if you're short, um, like, it, and you're running, it's easier to build momentum to put into a jump. Less wind resistance? Is that the theory? Uh, no. <laughs> no, it, it's something about, like, the biomechanics of, of actually short people running, um, which is why she has such power in tumbling. Um, yeah. but, well, as, but... as the person here with the shortest legs, it is actually a leverage thing where... Like, if you think about a lever, a shorter lever versus a longer lever, and where the gravity is and where the weight is, you like, you can bench press more, like, shorter legs change the mechanics of how you move, and how short your legs are relative to the rest of your body mm -hmm. also change your center of gravity. Um, so I don't, I haven't, like, spent a lot of time comparing the length of Ben Revere's torso versus his legs, but depending on sort of which part of his body is most short, if his <laughs> legs are particularly short, that can change the mechanics of how he jumps. Having met bit. him, it's all, he's all short. Yeah, I mean, he, he seemed like he was reasonably well in proportion to himself, like, it wasn't, like, long torso, teeny tiny legs, or, like, yeah. friggish long legs, and, like, little baby chest like <laughs> yeah he was big like he was fairly yeah. broad yeah but i mean uh, like, he he seemed like reasonably well in proportion to his own body within his own body it's just every single thing was smaller yeah and i guess sports where you have to jump a lot it's not necessarily going to be um run and then jump yeah. Um, so, like, for basketball, you're not running the same length as, say, center field. Um, and for volleyball, the same thing. So, you know, it'd be, you know, obviously taller people can jump higher from the ground, but I think it has to do with momentum, like, momentum, as, as you said, center yeah. of gravity. Because people were talking about, like, Simone Biles is the ultimate small. <laughs> is she 4'9"? She's 4'8". Four four eight. Four eight. Yeah, that is the ultimate small. I they am taller than Simone Biles. <laughs> <laughs> they put her on a box, and she still came up to Michael Phelps' shoulder. They needed yeah. a bigger box. Yeah. Um. No, they needed to just show that, like, tall and small. Yes, tall and small. Um, why do we, all, we always manage to come back to tall and small, That's no matter what we do. <laughs> it happens a lot in sports. Yes, it really does. The wide variety of what is an athletic body. And yeah. Not, yeah. Um, it's like how pitchers always diverge into rangy or fat. Yeah, pretty much. Were extremely skinny. Yeah, like rangy. Yeah. yeah well, I, I, I wouldn't describe Ross Detweiler as rangy. Uh, yeah, you're right. He's a he's a pile of sticks that they taught to throw. <laughs> exactly. But I mean, no, I know what you're saying. Like, yeah, you're either going to be, you're either going to be a Steven Strasberg or you're going to be a Bartolo Colon. And there's yeah. very little in the middle. Well, and particularly for relief pitchers, you're like, yeah, that's basically the two body types. Mm -hmm. or, or you could be Coda Glover and, and be a bear. Yeah, named very well. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm really enjoying him. I am pro Coda. Yes. Yeah. So far, like, I've been impressed. So hopefully he makes it out the gate in next season. Um, and hopefully he makes it onto our 25 men for... <clears throat> I'm not going to finish that yeah. sentence. Yeah, okay. Thank you. Um, there was a really sweet article about how he outgrew his town in Oklahoma because he's from, like, this town of 150 people. 
did he, as in outgrew, like he physically became too large for the buildings? Or possibly, <laughs> I was like, well, you're in Oklahoma. Are they worried that he's going to be a lightning rod? Like he's six five. <laughs> it's a concern. <laughs> what what did they mean? Just like he got too big of a fish for his small pond? Is that did they mean it yeah. in like the typical sports sense? Yeah, like that, a... it was basically like if you're six five and two fifty and you're near, you're in a town of one hundred and fifty people in Oklahoma, like people know who you are, obviously. And I think like, they know who you are in a hundred town of one hundred and fifty, regardless. It, it helps if you're that big and named for a bear. Yes, and also pretty good at throwing baseballs. Yeah, I would imagine that's that's probably the most important factor. Like, was <laughs> he, he was a from... rod, but. Was he called up from Double A? I want to say he was. Yeah, I'm pretty so. sure. Because I didn't hear, yeah. I didn't hear like a whisper about him in Triple A. It was just like boom. Um, suddenly he's here, kind of yeah. thing. So yeah, I'm, and also, I mean, Harrisburg is kind of like our pitching, mm-hmm. where the pitchers go. Yeah, yeah, probably came from Harrisburg. I'm pretty sure he started the season in A ball and then went up to Harrisburg and then we got him from Harrisburg. Yeah, I mean that sounds like the right trajectory. Um, and we just kind of ex- how old is he? That's the one thing I've never actually bothered to look up. Let me see. He he's not old. No, I don't. I don't. Wouldn't imagine. But uh, he's twenty three. Okay. Uh, yeah, he's well. They said he was on the Syracuse Chiefs this year. Well, maybe That's he right, made a the, pit stop. Yeah, the article I read about him was was from the Syracuse Chiefs, so I should, probably should have put that together. Actually. Uh, well, I mean, there's because he was up once before. Maybe when they sent him down, they sent him to Syracuse and not to Harris. Yeah. Like maybe he came up through Harrisburg and then pit stop in Syracuse. Then be- before he came back to the majors, that could be what it was. Yeah, he played 17 games this year in Harrisburg, uh, seven as you said in Potomac, and then another 16 in Syracuse. But you're right. I think maybe it was when he got sent back down. Yeah, that that well, I mean. Either way, I think, um, even if it was just like he stopped there for a minute while he was on his way, trajectory, initial trajectory. But um, but yeah, he is a pleasing addition to the bullpen. Mm-hmm. And we've had another bullpen addition. <laughs> um, Mark Zabczynski. So bringing our total pitchers named Mark up to two. Um, but Mark Zabczynski is here, uh, apparently with the nickname of Scrabble. Yeah, um, um- but the flaw in that is that there's actually only one Z in a Scrabble game. So we got to talking about what the score would be for Zebchinski in a Scrabble game, but the problem is you'd have to use one of the blanks for the other Z. So it's not worth as much as you would want it to be. It's only a 30-point Scrabble word because you miss out on the 10 points for the second Z because there's no such thing as a second Z in Scrabble. I do have to ask a question because we didn't think of this when we were actually doing the math. His name is long enough that there's no way he couldn't. You could have that spelled out and not hit a bonus square, though, right? Right. It would just depend. I mean, there's Which there's bonus, yeah. a ton of possibilities based on where you place it. That there's no good way to say, well, if you you know if you hit this, then you'd have the, like there's just too many possibilities. So it would be worth more than thirty, but you could the only you know you could have a double letter on the R. The R is worth. You could have one. a triple. Could you get a triple on the Z, probably? Actually, yeah. No problem. Uh, you, I guess what, there's two Zs, so placement you could get on one of the two, as long as you didn't put the blank one there, like an idiot. Yeah, if you had one of the middle of the side of the board triples, not one of the corners, because you can't put the Z oh, yeah. on a corner, um, you could get a triple on the first Z, was the one that I gave the real Z. So you could triple that, and then you'd have like 60 plus whatever other bonuses you've got. 
I'd have to play with this. Honestly, I mean, I think it's an actual I, Scrabble board. I think this is a pretty good word for Scrabble, except if we're playing baseball Scrabble, because you can't use names in regular Scrabble. But, I mean, I think 30 points without hitting a single bonus is pretty impressive on its own. Right, although you only get seven letters in Scrabble, so someone would already have to have put down ski, <laughs> yeah. and then you'd well, have to get the other seven in your actual <laughs> tile hand, and you'd have to have a seven-letter blank space leading up to the word ski. It is a brilliant nickname. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, I have to say, like, as far as, like, creativity of nicknames goes, like, what's your name? Scrabble. Yep. Neat. <laughs> And there's uh, a lot of possibility in there for uh, other plays with it. Um, for example, what were you saying? Uh, a double play should be a double word score. Maybe if he's with us next year, we, we, track, his, uh, we track his stats in Scrabble scores. I think that's Wait. a very good plan. How long now do we've we... got categories for feelings, categories for Scrabble scores. We're just adding to the stats analysis like in all kinds of brilliant ways. Baseball yeah. reference, get on this. Like, come on. I think Seriously. he is a free agent at the end of the season, though. Yeah, I was gonna, yeah. I was gonna say, how long did we get him for? I mean, it seemed like it was probably a rental situation, given that we gave them like a prospect. Oh wait, actually, no, we gave them cash too, or did they give us cash? They gave us cash. We gave yeah. them Max Schrock. They give us Scrabble and cash. Okay, so then yeah, probably just that would make sense that it's a rental. And there were only two, two or three, three vowels. There were three vowels in that trade. Sometimes why? I'm about it. I'm about it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he seems fine. Like, the funniest thing about him thus far, the most notable thing about him has been his name. Well, he hasn't had a chance to pitch much. He pitched on, on Friday and didn't pitch yesterday. I think he did. He, he did. did. I mean, yeah. considering that we went to 11 innings, that's probably, he probably, yeah, probably did. Yeah. Sean Kelly got his first career at bat on Friday. Yes, he did. That was, I mean, it was first this season, certainly, was that first career? No, too? it was first career. I guess because he, he came from Oakland, right? Yeah, like, and, and I think he's generally been a relief pitcher, so that's going to decrease your career at bats. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he's, he's pretty old and he had never had a first career at bat. And quite frankly, it wasn't super memorable because I think it was... Yeah. It was three pitches, three strikes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I was disappointed. I was disappointed because I was very excited to see him, him batting in the first place. I, I, I assume he went to, to whoever coaches Geo in batting, which is you have to swing the bat and then just sit down. <laughs> I was going to say, I think it was Steve Strasburg who told Geo the whole, like, keep swinging because eventually you'll run into one or something like that. Like, I feel like that was Strasburg that told it to Geo, so Geo must have just passed on the knowledge. I mean... Ace pitchers got a group together, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just keep swinging. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, he was like, you know, he sort of knew what the bat was for. Like, that's the best I could say yeah. about that at bat. Like, he, he, he held the right end of it. Yeah, he didn't stare at it like some sort of weird magical wand. <laughs> I, I mean, to be fair, I think that one time, one or two times, Tyler Clifford has hit. It's it's been one of those situations. Yeah, he's, I've just... seen I've seen pictures of him staring at it like, what what is this thing in my hands? I, I usually, I'm on the other side of this thing. Yeah, and further away. So, in fairness, I I've brought this up before. I don't know if I brought it up uh, in a podcast episode, but he used to be the cleanup hitter for his high school baseball team. Yeah. So, I'm just I know it's high school, but he was the, he wasn't just a batter, he was the cleanup hitter. So like, okay. 
Yeah, well, well, he's in he's, his he's defense. <laughs> We've had a bunch of reliever at bats this season. Yes, yeah. like it feels like more than the usual to me. Belial has had at least one. Solis well, has had at least man. one. Yeah. Um, Ollie's had, had several. Yeah, Ollie well. with that bunt that turned into an error where we won that crazy 18 inning game or whatever it was. It feels slightly more than average to me, although maybe I'm just paying more attention than I was. No, I, I feel like it is slightly more than average. Yeah. Um, I, I think with, I mean, Max always goes pretty long. Um, Strauss was going pretty far into games, obviously. Um, Tanner apparently had the, has the deepest of anybody, um, consi- or the most yeah. number of deepest yeah. However you want to phrase that so it makes sense, not <laughs> what I just said. Yeah. Um, but, like, Geo has been the, like, he, and I only have eye test on this, but I'm, I'm pretty sure the stats are going to bear out. Um, Geo tends to, to sit down at about the fifth or the sixth. So it's been yeah. Geo plus basically, like, a long man. Well, and then there's also the, with everybody switching around with the babies and the DL yeah. and we've had, you know, mm-hmm. Lopez and Giolito and the bullpen has had to pick them up quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, AJ I'll, Cole. I'll also say that, again, this is eye test. I have not actually looked at the stats on this, but it's felt more like that we haven't had as many close games this year. And so in a close game, you're going to pull your, your, guy, uh, your relief pitcher and put somebody put a bench guy in, right? But we've mm-hmm. both been running with a shorter bench, and I feel like we've had a lot more games that it was lop- really lopsided one way or the other. So that was the case on Friday night, is that when Kelly bat for himself, we were winning, what, 8-2? to two, Yeah. So why the hell not? Why burn a bench guy when it doesn't really matter if he gets on or not, right? Yeah. And so I feel uh, like, and the opposite would be true. If we were on the losing end of 8-2, to two, might as well let him keep going if he's doing well, because mm-hmm. one guy is probably not going to make the difference in a six-run deficit. Yeah. Um, it did annoy me on Friday that they got Melanson out for the last out. That, yeah. um, you know, it wasn't a save. Nope. Because he didn't go the full inning, uh, and there was no one on base, etc. Um, and so we had to watch Melanson, who, you know, is a good closer, throw to a guy who had a batting average under 200. Yeah. It was, it a, was, knife. Sort of it was a gun to a knife fight. From the perspective of someone who is in D.C. right now and doesn't usually get to be, I was really excited to see Melanson, but, (laughs) you know, that's just me. Bonus Laura gets to see a Mark Melanson strikeout. I had fun with that, but I completely understand your gripe. It was mostly, it was also hot, and the umpire, like, the strike zone was getting larger and larger, Mm -hmm. Um, and so I was like, okay, like... We have to wait for him to come out and warm up, and it's two outs in the bottom or in the top of the ninth, and we're all standing up and like, you know. And the the argument is like, well, he hadn't pitched or whatever, and he might get rusty. I'm like, that wasn't gonna shake any rust off. That was four pitches. I think we do have like a like a make work situation in the bullpen frequently. I've seen a couple guys come in just because they haven't pitched enough lately, so they got to come in, but. I, I wouldn't say that that's what it was for Melanson. I I think that was a this game came dangerously close to tottering off the rails. Yeah. <laughs> like like we were and so I think that that was the the rationale there not like Mark Melanson is really going to knock Rust off with one at bat, but yeah. just maybe don't let Kelly don't don't risk it if we don't have to. But Yeah. Yeah. Whether or not that was necessary, I don't know. Probably not. But uh, 
and I guess, you know, if, if your star closer is like, well, I'm up and I'm warmed up and I've been warming up for like two innings. Well, and he, I, he hadn't been, though. Uh, he started stretching in the seventh. They but all he does get that, up and, apparently. They, yeah, they all get up and stretch and then they sit back down, they stretch and they sit back down. I don't necessarily count that as being up. I count that as like just you're sitting in one place for three hours. We need the seventh inning stretch. I'm sure the, the bull, yeah. bullpen does too. So, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, it, but like he had, because he had gotten warmed up, I guess, and this is going against my previous point during Sean Kelly giving up three runs. Yeah. Like, um, what it, Drew Storen used to call it getting dry humped if you did that and then not going out. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Drew Storen. <laughs> um, but like maybe, maybe he's also like, he's like, well, I'm up, I'm ready to go. You, you're not allowed to dry hump me. Yeah. Why, t or in why take a chance and who cares? Yeah. And yeah. So, I mean, it, 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 it certainly, I don't think it hurt anything other than, you know, our sweat content. Um, it hurt my feelings. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was pretty gross by the end of the game. It was bad. But um, other than like standing around in the heat and like the, the and then of course, the fans getting dry humped, as it were, because we all stood up and then yeah. had to wait, as you said. <laughs> we got that a little was, dry humped. Yeah, I sat down again. I don't know about yeah. you. Yeah, I was like, mm, no, I'm not standing up to watch him throw eight pitches, but great um, <laughs> to warm up. Um, okay. No, well, I stood back up. I sat yeah. down and then I stood back up. Yeah. Because I can't see anything if I don't. <laughs> I sometimes sit on stuff. That's probably a good plan. If you bring yeah. a phone book to the the ball game, do they mention things? Like you could bring a phone book to sit on. Do, what do you mean? Do they mention things? So like, do they tell you not to? I, it's not on the prohibited list. Like brooms are on the prohibited list, but to my understanding, phone books are not. I've never tried. Uh, probably because no one's brought a phone book. Yeah. I don't think anyone's like, why are you carrying around this twelve pound brick? Like, um, I don't like, own a phone book. I was going to say, do we think that, like, the younger members of the team know what a phone book looks like? Probably not. I, yeah. I got a phone book, like, a month ago, and I was like, oh, they still make these? Yeah. <laughs> um, Just like, for me to sit on at games. That's the whole yeah. point of them now. Yeah. Trey uh, Turner is like, what's that book with everyone's name listed in it? That's odd. Am I in there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Can I ask it to look up my own phone number? Okay, phone book. <laughs> <laughs> Siri? <laughs> Um, but I mean, you can bring in like cushions and stuff. So like, even if they won't let you bring in a phone book, you could take a cushion and like cut out the actual comfortable stuff, shove the phone book in there, and no one would be the wiser. <laughs> Except if they tried to pick it up and go, "Why is this cushion so heavy?" <laughs> or, or I could just sit on a cushion. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I really appreciate you looking out for my sideline. <laughs> no problem. Yeah, they Honestly, pulled a lot of trees so you can see baseball. Honestly, this just means that you have to. This is your justification. You all should always buy first row seats. There we go. usually buy really cheap seats because they're more raked the further up you are. Mm -hmm. So I actually tend to see better from like 317 <laughs> than I do from like 130, which is where we were the other day. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I think we've exhausted that. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the Olympics. Yeah, the yes. Olympics and baseball in the Olympics. Baseball in the Olympics. So um, we did a, a blog post about this earlier this week. Um, Baseball is returning to the Olympics in 2020. Uh, it had been uh, in the Olympics up to 2008, um, but wasn't in uh, 2012 or this year's Summer Olympics. Um, though professionals had only been allowed to compete as of 2000 in the Olympics, um, 
And even with that, it was only people who were not on a 25-man roster. Uh, and so it was, it was you know, AAA players competing. Um, you know, I, I mentioned this to, I think, a coworker or a friend or something like this. And the, the sneering question I got was, like, is baseball even international enough to, like, do, you know, have the Olympics? So I was like, that's actually a really good question. Thank you, sneering coworker. Um, <laughs> And so the answer is, like, compared to all the other sports that we play in the U.S., yes. Um, so about 28% of players uh, in the MLB are not born in the U.S. Um, that does include players who are born in Puerto Rico because Puerto Rico competes separately. Uh, same with anyone born in, in uh, other territories. Um, Do we so have they... any players from, like, Guam? Y yeah, there's been a couple over the years from, like, okay. U.S. Virgin Islands, etc. Um and so that that does count. But, like, Puerto Rico is obviously the biggest contributor of people who are born I in U.S. territories but who do not compete for the U.S. team in the Olympics. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's pretty international um, with uh, the DR and Venezuela being the most uh, – the, the countries, if you're not born in the U.S., you're more most likely to have been born in, in one of those two. Um, so uh, of about 1,200-ish – players because this was i looked at 40 man rosters plus people on the dl so it's 1200 ish um about a tenth of players are from the dr so it was like 123 and then venezuela it was about 90 or so cuba is pretty well represented puerto rico as i said and then mexico um japan and korea are also south korea obviously are also pretty well represented um though i, I mean again and this is another thing of how international is baseball well there's professional baseball in both those places um as well as professional baseball in mexico uh and then winter leagues in uh in the dr in venezuela so um as well as professional baseball in cuba um and so you get a good amount of non-us pro baseball being played and of the three years that pros were allowed to play baseball the u.s only won gold in one one of those years uh yeah, it was not the year Strauss played, um, though he did acquit himself very well as the only the only college player on the U.S. team that year. Was he really? Yeah. Yeah, he was the only college player on Team USA. Uh, he one-hit the Netherlands. Um, uh, his, you know, and his ERA was like a 1.67, so it was pretty good. Um, so, you know, he was a good, good college player, and he's turned into, obviously, a good major league pitcher. So I think the other argument for baseball in the Olympics is you might get like a nice preview of folks who are going to be yeah. good in a couple of years, even if they don't allow 25 man play roster players to go and play. Yeah. I mean, I think we're going to see the international aspect really not coming at least now, not in 2020. Like we're going to be looking at what team, what, what, what the minor leagues, how diverse the minor leagues are and, and uh, uh, just countries with their own leagues, as you said, um, and looking at, the major leagues is probably not going to be the diversity, the diversity that we're going to see, at least yeah. in 2020. Yeah, and the only thing I can really think of as being a big question mark, at least for me, is the U.S.'s policies towards Cuba have obviously changed, um, and mm -hmm. so you might get more Cuban players coming over to play pl pro baseball without having to defect. Mm -hmm. um, and that is, of course, as yet unknown. Um, so yeah. that, you know, but like Jose Fernandez, who is now a U.S. citizen, um, would certainly not go back and play for Cuba. Like, yeah. like he nearly died on a boat, like 
probably not going to do that. Um, yeah. And had to save his mother's life. Like, and spent a year in jail at 15? Yeah. Um, so, no. <laughs> I, I was not anticipating him doing that. And I have no idea if, no. like, if they allow 25-man rosters to players to play. Like, would he play for well, Team USA? He certainly is one of the best pitchers. But you know, I don't, I don't know his heart. I think the the bigger question is, are twenty five man roster players going to be allowed to play, either yeah. by the Olympics committee or by MLB being like, mm, no. Well, and the players themselves, <laughs> like I read an article, the players themselves are not too keen on having to go and play extra baseball. Um, right. You know, and so it's one of those things of baseball season's long. This would be sort of smack in the middle of it. Um, you know, then they would have to come back to another half of a season. Mm -hmm. And they have no way of, I mean, they're all, even no matter what they actually feel, they'll probably say something of like, I'm here for my team to win, you know, not for myself to personally get a gold medal. And like, um, are they going to come back and be like, would it affect them having to play essentially what, probably 10 extra games or something like that or more? Um, and then come back and like. Now suddenly I can't throw baseball because my arm is really tired. Um, <laughs> well, I wonder yeah. if individual teams even, even if MLB lets guys go in general, I wouldn't be surprised if individual teams were like, uh, yeah, no. Yeah, I think you might get um, a bunch of uh, people going on like day to day, like fake DLing essentially, or fake data, like day to daying with um, a bunch of unspecified injuries. Like the All Star Game, people do that as well. Like I don't want to go or. Uh, I have forearm tightness, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna go to Cancun. Yeah, I need to. <laughs> I need to take a nap. Can yeah. can taking a nap be a dealable <laughs> consequence? Yeah. Like, yes. <laughs> Dealed um, with is tired. <laughs> need to gain weight back. Yeah, yeah. You know I who mean, would definitely want to go to the Olympics? Who? Max. Yeah. Yeah, probably. <laughs> is it a place where he could be highly competitive and also try to eat, like the team of, from the Netherlands or Italy? Yes. Can he win a gold medal in strikeouts? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Maybe that's how we could convince people to do it: is be like, look, you're not going to win team gold medals. It's going to be like the skills competition again. <laughs> I think that actually that would probably be even worse. Like people want to go and like. No, it play would absolutely be worse. Um, I don't, I didn't look at the internationality of 25 man rosters versus 40 man, but I actually get the sense that 40 man rosters are more international than 25 man rosters. That's probably true. Although I think we're still going to be seeing the same, the same countries repeated. It's just going to be a higher percentage. Yes. Um, and like, I think more people who are taken in the international draft fail to reach the majors. I think, well, considering they sign like 40 million kids at like 16. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that some of them never, never get two trip, two single A. Yeah. You know? Um, and so, well, I mean, but if you're on the 40 man, like you, you got there. Well, yes, yes. Um, but, but like you might get more international players basically milling around the triple A level. Um, but you know, I think baseball, I mean, we've had Olympic baseball. We should continue to have Olympic baseball and softball. Um, and heck, I would be in favor of Olympic women's baseball. Like, oh yes, that's a thing that exists. Yep, baseball uh, and softball, not here. the same sport. Let's yeah, just have the same sport. Men's and women's baseball, men's and women's softball. Everybody gets yeah. to be in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. If like, look at some of the freaking ridiculous sports that are in the Olympics. Like, come on, it's not a stretch to just say let's have both genders baseball, both genders softball. Everybody's happy. Apparently, I mean, horse dancing is a thing, so why not? 
the other thing is there's Olympic basketball mm-hmm. and there's Olympic hockey. Yes. And basketball is 22% international players, though I will say more countries are represented in basketball than there are in baseball. Yeah. So, like, you get a, a better spread of countries. So, it's I think it's 37 countries – or, I'm sorry, 34, 33 countries um, are represented in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that that might be – well, it's an argument for it. Um, but it's less – the NBA is less international overall. Um, and, like, Team USA tends to win that one. Like, mm-hmm. they've won three gold medals in a row. Like, um, Basketball is surprisingly big in China. I found yeah. this out when I was in China and really didn't understand why everyone was watching basketball. I mean, I don't know anything about basketball. Yeah. But, um, but no, it's – I mean, the other thing is – and I think, okay, we were just talking about yeah. this, is the closer you are to being seven feet tall if you're a man, the higher the chance are, chances are that you play in the NBA. Didn't you say it was something like one in a hundred seven-foot-tall people yes. are in the ha- NBA? Yeah, a seven-foot-tall <laughs> men, obviously, um, yeah. have, have played or are currently in the NBA. Like, it's a very good chance, and so it's just a question of what countries can produce – a tall person, mm-hmm. um, and particularly a tall person whose arms are even too tall for their body, is actually going to increase your likelihood of being in the NBA. So that if makes you're, sense. Yeah, if your wingspan proportionate to your body is even longer than what it should be, um, that that even like again puts a little bit on your, in in your favor to be in the NBA. Um, and like hockey, hockey is international in the sense of like most people are from Canada. Like, it's not U.S. players, but, like, it's not international in the sense that, like, it's dominated by one country. But there's a lo- there's also a lot of um, other countries that are super into hockey, even if yes. they're not necessarily represented in the NHL. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they yeah. actually are pretty well represented um, in terms of, of countries. So, like, there's the KHL, um, which is in Russia, Finland, and I want to say they're putting one in China. They're putting one or two franchises in China now uh, yeah. for the KHL. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's that, um, there's like, uh, there's leagues in Sweden, there's leagues in Switzerland and, and, and the Czech Republic. Um, and so like there are other professional leagues, uh, hockey is about 25%, not us, not Canadian. So at least NHL hockey, but like they're in the Olympics. So like if they're in the Olympics, baseball can certainly be in the Olympics. Yeah. I mean, I think even with just the league, the countries that have their own professional leagues, that's more than yeah. enough to support considering other 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 professional sports that are in uh, the Olympics. It, like, there's a strong enough basis for it. Yeah. Regardless of what MLB's numbers are. You don't need that many guys to put together an Olympic baseball team. Yeah. Like, you don't need a huge amount of depth for a single tournament. Yeah. I mean, you'd have to, you'd probably have to have at least 25. Right, but like compared yeah. to the amount of depth that you need for an entire season. Oh yes, that's true. You certainly yeah. don't need forty man and then several minor league teams. You just need maybe twenty eight. Like you need right. a reserve. So if you're talking mm-hmm. about an entire country, even a small country, mm-hmm. you can yeah. probably find twenty five ish really good baseball players in an entire country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and Mexico, which I don't think I mentioned, um, that is not necessarily like a baseball powerhouse. The Mexican Professional League is actually officially associated with MLB as a AAA league. Don't and they so, have also have a winter league too, don't they? 
I believe so. Yeah. Um, but, like, their normal professional league is all played at AAA level, which is exactly what you need for that. So, like, yeah. again, and that's not even a country that, like, if you talk about baseball countries, people are going to talk about the U.S., they're going to talk about Cuba, they're going to talk about, talk about Japan, and then they're like, oh, yeah, and Mexico exists. Like, mm-hmm. but that's another country where you can pull a lot of players from because, as you said, you need 25. You need them to uh, be available to play, uh, mm-hmm. which their entire professional league would be. So it is interesting. Uh, I think Baseball Prospectus did a, or not Baseball, Effectively Wild did a episode about the Mexican Professional League in particular and about how they their stats people all come from Venezuela. Hmm, interesting. Because the <laughs> stats community in Venezuela is actually much stronger. I wonder why. I, I think it's just time. Like, it's just been around and people are interested. So, yeah, they were talking about, like, oh, yeah, like, I run stats for the Mexican Professional League. I'm not I, from Mexico. <laughs> I, want, I wonder how much of that might be that we have aggressive systems of development. Like, M- MLB officially has aggressive systems of development in countries like Venezuela yeah. um, to recruit all those 16-year-olds and, like, 14-year-olds yeah. and however old they are when they sign them, like... So there might be more of an industry just for stats analysis, whereas mm. if, if the Mexican League is essentially AAA ball, they're mm. going to have essentially a AAA ball level of stats, whereas Venezuela, you're going to have, like, scouting levels of yeah. and, and, and a projective analysis. No, it was just, I, I guess, and the overlap for people who speak fluent Spanish and know baseball statistics, yeah. you're, you're probably not going to pull as much from the U.S. Though we should, but we don't. That's a separate. <laughs> that's a separate argument. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't get me started. But yeah. So baseball. Woohoo. Maybe we'll see the next Steven Strasburg at the Olympics. Yeah. Maybe we'll sign him. Yeah. Maybe we'll see the next Trey Turner. <sighs> Baby Trey. Baby Trey. Yeah. We can't see this Trey Turner because he's definitely going to be an everyday player in the major leagues in 2020. Yeah. If- yeah. I mean, okay, knock wood, nothing happens, but, like, yeah. I don't know if anyone's noticed this, but he's really fast. He is? Yeah, I don't know if you've noticed that that bundle of sticks can move. <laughs> I, I just thought, like, he teleported or something. Yeah. I didn't realize he was actually running. Yeah. <laughs> that pi- it's not a tumbleweed, it's Trey Turner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> anybody with eyes have has seen him go insanely fast. I don't know what what his comparison is to the the current leader of speed in MLB Billy Hamilton, but it's got to be pretty close, right? It, what what's his speed? 22 miles per hour? Yes. Top speed? That's top yes. speed, right? Not yes. acceleration. Yeah, it's 22 miles an hour and it's over very short distances of like 60 feet, which is also pretty good. You I know how long he can sustain it? Yeah. I don't know. Much- I mean I'm sorry. I was going to say, like, most of what we see his speed on, he's running a max distance of 90 feet. Yeah. Well, he's had those triples. That's true. That's true. That brings it up to, um, oh, my God, math, 180 feet or uh, 270 feet. Yeah. Um, So, but does he, but then how long is he sustaining at 22 and how much of that is just, you know, pure acceleration up to 22? What is, what is his zero to 22 in how many (laughs) seconds? Like, because we know he gets from the right-handed batter's box to first pl- to first base in what 3.4 seconds. So, what is his speed when he actually hits first base? 
Does anybody know? No, I don't know. I mean, it, that means we need to we need to point more radar guns at Trey Turner. Yeah. Um, like so, yeah, this I, turned I, into a physics problem. <laughs> oh God, no! If a tray leaves home plate. Who who knows? Maybe in a couple of years this will be in math textbooks or something. <laughs> this will be the word problems that like this is a good way to get little kids interested in math and physics. Yeah. Do all the problems with baseball players. The well, actual problem sets that I was given in college physics that had baseball players in them though, I just got so mad because the baseball was so inaccurate. <laughs> I didn't learn any physics. Well, maybe they should work on their accuracy. I mean, I think yeah. I think the concept is a good concept, and they should like learn a little bit about the sport before they start talking. And stop giving me pitch speed in kilometers per hour. What? <laughs> what? Is, was, did you go to school like in I don't know in Toronto? Like, I went what? to school in Washington. I know. I know. <laughs> Where were the textbooks written? Kilometers per hour. Power. I mean. Because it's physics. Maybe Russell Martin wrote the textbook. I was just like, I mean, is there any, and is there any justifiable reason to have it in kilometers per hour? Is that an easier statistic to work with because no. of metric system or something? And I'm like, no. It, when you're comparing two per hour, it's not. It's there's no difference here. Well, I mean, if you're if you're then having to calculate force and things like that, you do want it in metric. I guess. And have to convert, but like, it's a unit conversion. You can do it. Yeah. If you're in college physics, like they would. I did. I did convert it, and it was like a 75 mile an hour fastball, and then I was just like, nope, nope, no. we're done. This is not. This is not baseball math. This is crap. We're done. They were watching high school kids where 75 miles per hour pitch is a really good fastball. <laughs> when you're 17, that's yeah. probably where they were gathering their data, and it's like, you know, the internet has there. Yeah. You can look this up and have better ones. Get yeah, on this textbooks. Seriously, that's mm, yeah. That's not a fastball. That's a no. Yeah, that's a a slow curve. It, like, how low does it actually have to be to be an EFIS? Oh, it's got. I think it's got to be in the 60s or lower. Okay. I mean, yeah. most of the things I've seen described as EFIS pitches were like in the 40s or 50s. Yeah. Maybe 60s on the high end. I mean, I could see if you had a had a, like an 80 mile an hour or a high 80s fastball that a 75 could be like a changeup. Yeah. Well, like a slow changeup. Who's the knuckleballer for the Red Sox? Because he throws in the 60s, like, pretty frequently. Yeah, but that's a knuckleball. Like, that's, a, like, yeah. a whole different... <laughs> that's a whole different animal. Well, um, and the thing about the knuckleball is, because you know it's a knuckleball coming out, they, they vary their speed up to, like, 30 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't... You know, the guy for the Red Sox and R.A. Dickey, because, like, they say that there's, like, a fraternity of knuckleballers. It's, like, five guys. Yeah, um, yeah. It's not a fraternity. That's that's a table of knuckleballers. <laughs> it's like, that's a, a large dinner party of knuckleballers. Okay. They don't they don't get frat letters. Yeah. No. What would be the frat letters for <laughs> knuckleball frat? Capabeta. <laughs> uh, yeah. There you go. Um, but like Ari Diggy has said, like he can do high 80s to like maybe even high 50s because that's the the element of surprises is when is this thing and how is this thing going to cross the plate yeah where where is this thing going to cross the plate yeah is this thing going to cross (laughs) the plate (laughs) like all all of the linda ellerby like starting starting questions you know who is going to cross the plate when is it going to cross (laughs) maybe the knuckleball will change in midair yeah (laughs) become a different something something else suddenly what's this watermelon doing i don't know Speaking of, but, of terrible, uh, I guess, comparisons, 
Uh, Trey Turner, I looked up animals as fast as Trey Turner. <laughs> this uh, is how we knew 22 miles per hour. Um. <laughs> yeah, so I want to be clear, he is not fast like a cheetah. A cheetah is, can run up into 64 miles an hour. Like, mm. like that is not not as fast as Trey Turner. Trey Turner is, in fact, as fast as a green iguana in full charge. <laughs> what I, see, I want to know how they measured a green, a green iguana's full speed, because I have literally never seen a, a green iguana move at anything faster than a slow, ambling, oh, there's a bug. Well, how big like, of a green iguana? Because that that's a pretty big range also. Yeah, they can get pretty big. Oh, um, yeah. I, I think they do charge down trees sometimes. Oh, okay, I the gravity's working in their favor. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you're gonna like really argue about speed with an iguana. Yes. All they're gonna do is turn blue and then eat a melon. Like... Iguanas don't. Iguanas don't turn blue. Yeah, they do. When do they're they? angry. Yeah, when they're angry. Oh, I don't think I ever knew that about iguanas. You learn yes. something new every day. Chlamydia um, and iguanas. I know a lot of facts. Rest yeah. in touch, face. We're very <laughs> educational. <Yeah. laughs> um, well, he's also what as fast as a. Um, Japanese flying squid? Yes. And I, uh, have a, I have a question for you, because I shared this piece of information with a friend of mine, and his question was, is that in knots? Like, is that in miles per hour, or was that, are, you, are we calculating in knots? And I was like, I don't actually know what, how, what a knot technically measures. So, well, it's speed. It's like nautical speed. Right. So you uh, could measure um, a squid's speed in knots, but I don't know that you would want to. I, I think it's as they're jumping out of the water. Okay. Oh, okay. So, yeah. so not nautical speed anyway. No. Okay. Um, and like, yeah, knots, I think, are an effect of nautical miles, which are slightly different from terrestrial miles because of the curve of the earth. Mm -hmm. um, and which so, is, I think, why we use knots, not. Yeah. Yeah. Not, yeah. And, but I think this is as they are doing the flying part of the squ flying squid. So maybe. it's technically like jumping speed. Uh, yeah, I need to look up. I'm currently looking up Japanese flying. <laughs> Flying squid. Well, I, just, I, I just, I, I'm not, I'm not arguing with you. Like it's a, it, it's a comparable speed. Now I'm just curious. Yeah. Like, should we be comparing that to Ben Revere's jumping speed? Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> that is a good point. But no, they <laughs> jump out of the water. Um, and they, they do. They are a leaping cephalopod. Uh, <laughs> which I think for Trey Turner might be a good, uh, or for Ben Revere might be a good thing. Leaping, leap, leaping cephalopod. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I like that a lot. Uh, so, which is our favorite new name for a minor league team? The Japanese flying squids or the leaping cephalopods? Leaping I, cephalopods. I, yes. I mean, plus, plus, if you got anybody on the other team who's like even minorly squeamish, that might like strike fear into their hearts. Oh God, it's coming at me! <laughs> the leaping cephalopod. I know enough people who are like entirely wigged out by cephalopods that the idea of one that jumps out of the water would probably like send them screaming for the hills. But they're so, so cool. People, I, know, are... I agree. I agree, but some people are like, mm -hmm. huh? Um, they do so... not want octopus hooks. He's also uh, slightly faster than a black mamba stink. So we can move up to 20 miles an hour. So be terrified. See, that doesn't surprise me. The snake can move that fast. I've seen snakes move real fast. But that's still terrifying. Yeah. I don't want to think about how fast snakes can move. No, but snakes are so cool too. I'm not like afraid of snakes, but I don't really <laughs> like to think about them chasing me. <laughs> I, I have to say, like, I'm not afraid of snakes at all. I'm, I, I have literally had a poisonous snake in my hair, or a venomous snake. They're not poisonous; they're venomous. But like, on accident uh, or on purpose? 
No, someone put it in my hair, and I'm like, that was kind of a douche move. Yes, it was. Um, I was I was in a country that didn't have rules or laws, um, and I'm standing there at a at a let's go with zoo, uh, animal rehab facility is what it will say, and they're like, oh, you don't you like snakes? I'm gonna put this on your shoulders, and it immediately crawled up into my hair, which as you know is a dense forest, and um, probably felt nice and safe. And I was like, so uh, there's a snake in my hair. Uh, it's not venomous, right? They're like, ah, little. I'm like, mm. maybe it had just been milked. No, I like it was it was a pretty calm snake, and they got it out of my hair. And I I'm like, you know what? I'm not gonna freak out. I'm just gonna breathe slowly, and then be like, could you please remove the snake from my hair? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, Next time, I'm, a little warning for the yeah, bonus ones. Like I'm I'm pretty calm around snakes in general. Like you know, I, I've handled a couple, and I'm cool with. Like, I'm cool with most reptiles, but, like, hmm, snakes don't go on your shoulders or in your hair. Like, that's not where you keep snakes. Which, none of which has to do with Trey Turner. Like, no. But it's curious, he's probably faster than most of those snakes. Yes. I also wanted to introduce another stat in addition to all of the other stats we have made up, which is the Trey Turner um, induced error. Because of the speed. Because of the speed. We're all relating this back to a central theme. The yes. speed. <laughs> um, um, but, like, I think it, I mean, it legitimately has other teams spooked. I mean, I the Rockies sure did not know what to do. Um, um, how many times did they throw the ball away on Friday night? Like, whoops, there he goes again. Whoops, there he goes again. Yeah. <laughs> Were they playing dodgeball? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, no. And so I looked up how many times he reached on error. So he's played 40 games this season. He reached on error four times. So that's 10%. That's 10%. Um, to put this in perspective, the people who have reached most on error are Rendon, Ben Revere, and uh, Ryan Zimmerman, who have all played more than twice than that number of games. Are you talking percentage or like sheer number of games? Numbers. Yeah. So like Trey Turner has reached four times in 40 games. Uh, Rendon has reached five times in 125 games. Yeah, that's <laughs> much different. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the only person who has a higher percentage rate is Pe Pedro Severino, has reached once in eight games. But I'm like, eh. he's he's actually very fast. I was yes. I was surprised because I was ca I was cataloging him fast for a catcher, and then I was like, nope, I gotta up that to actually fast. He is. I was impressed. Yeah. Um, so maybe if he got to play more, we would see uh, probably not like comparable numbers, but similar to Trey. But well, and I feel like a lot of the Trey factor is the expectation that he's going to be fast. So I don't know that that would necessarily happen with Severino, even if he is surprisingly fast, because guys wouldn't be looking for it and scrambling and fumbling trying to get him out. Mm -hmm. so I don't know if the error rate would be the same, just because well, Severino is surprisingly fast. Can we accept that Wilson Ramos is not spooking anyone with his speed? Can we yeah. Accept? So we he's can really strongly accept that. Uh, four times in uh, on error in 108 games. And so when I control for his percentage of reach on error rate, because it's point, it's it's about three percent of mm -hmm. games. Yeah, Trey Turner has still reached, has still not reached uh, in six six percent of games, um, and that's again yeah. higher than anyone but Severino, and that yeah. you know is is a once thing. Yeah, I mean, 
I wouldn't disagree with you that there's a certain expectation, but then I think there's also like the reality. You have the expectation he's going to be fast, and then you're watching him, and you're like, oh shit, I'm not going to make it. Like, yeah. you you expect him to be fast, and then you're confronted with the what his speed actually is, and it makes you do stupid things. And maybe maybe that will get controlled for the more play he has and the more people see him. I mean, honestly, the people we should be comparing this to are people like uh, D. Gordon and Billy Hamilton, who've been around for a while. And people mm-hmm. know how fast they are, and they are. I mean, Billy Hamilton's probably faster than Trey Turner. I don't know from D. Gordon. You know, compare their 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 rookie seasons and then how they are now, and are they still reaching at that high percentage of error? Um, and I'm assuming, are you are you you mean just getting on base on error, or are you talking about getting a hit and then getting to second or third on an error? Any of those. So when you okay. look for reached on error, it's, it includes yeah, all of them. Okay. It includes all of that. I will say that it. It, like I, I, when I looked it up, it was four times, but I, I really feel like Friday um, had a couple more that maybe Baseball Reference just hadn't updated with, because I feel like I was like that is a Trey Turner induced error. Like there was one where he got effectively he stole he stole second and then reached third on error. Mm-hmm. Well, then that might not be con- that might might not be considered or counted. If yeah. It's not, he reached base on error because he was already on base. He just got way further than he was supposed to. Yeah. Because of an error. Well, wait. Yeah. I can tell you exactly. I just found Grace's scorebook. Um, okay. So from Friday, um, Trey's second at bat, he singled, then took second on an error, then took third on an error. And then, those were two different errors. Yeah, E6 and then E4. Yeah. 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 And then he I... was up again in the seventh, and he singled, and then he stole second, and then he took third on an error. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm wondering if th- those may not be counted in the reached base on error. Reached base on error, I would think, would be something like got to first on the, like, literally got to first because there was an error and or had a hit and then got to second on the error. Right. And yeah. in this case, he reached yeah. base originally on singles both times, mm-hmm. but then got an additional base because of a steal and then three more because of errors. Yeah. Yeah. And I Maybe will we say... need to look at total bases on errors rather than... Yeah reached base but yeah and i will say like the last date they had for reach on error was the 24th ah okay so So they also may not have updated with yeah i you know i don't know is the short what the turnaround time is on is is the short part of that um but i do know he is he is getting more bases because of of errors because people are like he's gonna go he's gonna go oh he went yeah um, and I feel like with that, with that, when he reached second on a stolen base and then third on an error, I'm like, that guy was throwing over to try to hold him as if Trey Turner taking second base was like the worst thing that could ever happen to him. <laughs> I'm like, just let him go. Like, it's late in the game. You guys are, we're down pretty significantly. Mm-hmm. Like, just let him get to second and stop it because you're going to commit an error and let him get to third. And then he scored. I mean, then. That I'm not not that one, but that did happen. That at one point he started going, and the catcher stood up and it was like, nope. Yeah. I'm just not. What well, Hundley? Yeah. Was just like, nope. Just let him go. So yeah. and maybe it's working. Um, yeah. Um, because but, rather than and like Nolan Arenado is a good third baseman. Yeah. And he made some bad throws. I don't think any of the errors were on him though. Really? Okay. No, they were all their shortstop is. Oh no, you're right. He's new. Yeah. He and little iffy but he's new and um then yeah the other ones i think we're all second um, base e6 e4 e2 
Um, yeah, I don't think I didn't remember Arenado making any errors because he had enough sense to not yeah. throw. He's like, that's gonna be a mistake. <laughs> yeah, you're right. There was one really bad throw across the diamond, and that was their shortstop rather. Yeah, than, than yeah. Arenado. He threw it straight into the camera well, I think. Yeah. yeah. But I do. I mean, I think there's a a flip side to this. We're talking about him getting on on errors and getting all these extra bases on errors, which I'm way pro we talked about when that when Bryce came up in 2012 that he was like forcing errors by running as hard as he possibly could and like they were like oh shit I'm gonna throw but I feel like the flip side with Trey and I have no stats on this I did not look this up I'm not sure if I can look this up I feel like he's got a lot he's made a lot of really bad base running mistakes and he's getting like more now than when the first couple games when he got called up I mean I, I there have been a number of two plans there was one um yesterday he tried. He got to first, tried to stretch it into a double, and got thrown out by Blackman. And I've, I've noticed that happening a lot. And I was wondering if, because we did kind of rush him through the minors to uh, to a large extent, he's always been the fastest kid in the room, right? Yeah. And so maybe maybe he never had to learn how to run bases smart because he always could just run bases fast. Yeah, I mean he's gotten away with a lot. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, listening to FP, who I know is not, you know, the greatest of people to explain things, but FP has broken down some of his sort of stealing strategies, and I can't really explain it, but just the way he's talked about some of the ways that, like the way he points his feet when he's coming off the bag and stuff like that, um, there definitely is a certain amount of strategy. I think there also may be a certain amount of, well, they haven't really caught me yet, so I'm just going to keep pushing and pushing to see what I can do. Mm -hmm. And I think he will probably learn pretty quickly on the big stage here. Like, when you screw mm -hmm. this up, you screw this up big, and you screw it up in front of a lot of people. Yeah, it matters, as opposed to when you're in, you know, Potomac. Like, it, it, it makes a difference in the outcome of a game sometimes, or frequently. But I just wonder how, I mean, you're saying, like, he, he's trying to get away with stuff. I'm not saying that he has no strategy at all. I'm just saying that he doesn't necessarily, he hasn't necessarily honed the skills of reading the other team necessarily and, and knowing, because he's pushing to see how far he can get. He doesn't know how far he actually can get. And so we're starting to see um, errors crop up. Well, not error, not official ease, but mistakes yeah. crop up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, by the way, you mentioned comparing him to D. Gordon and Billy Hamilton. Okay. So Billy Hamilton has one reached on error this season. Okay. Three last season and six the season before, uh, and then one his first season. Um, so the first season he was up. I'm just trying to get in. He only played 13 games. So really, 2014 was his first real season. Yeah. And he had six reached on errors. So maybe there is a there is a oh crap this kid's real fast um, and then it's like okay he becomes more of a known entity. I, yeah. Um, D. Gordon, however, <laughs> is amazing. How many how many errors does he force? Um. So in his first couple seasons, in his second season, um, and again, let me just take a look in terms of number of games played. Um. So his first season in 2011, he played 56 games. And he reached on error twice. His second season, he played, like, a normal season length, essentially. Um, he played... Uh, oh, no, he only played half the season. He played, like, 87 games or so. 
uh, and he reached on error six times. In 87 games. Yeah. And then in 2014, he reached on error seven times and played 148 games. Okay. So, so he's still kind of trending downwards, but not qu- not quite as quickly as Billy Hamilton. Yeah. And then last year, he I, he played a similar number of games. Like, he played a normal mm-hmm. season length uh, number of games. Um, like, well, a buck 45, but yeah. Um, and then he reached on error five times. So, you know, he is trending downwards somewhat, but at the same time, like, fast guys tend to reach on error more than non-fast guys, is the assumption. Um, just because, you know, you compare it to Wilson Ramos, you compare it to, no, I'm just gonna say, you compare it to Wilson Ramos. (laughs) Um, he's not gonna force throwing errors, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, running to first, because... Yeah. Or to compare uh, it to someone who's, I would say, probably, like, league average. He's not really fast. He's not necessarily slow. Or he wasn't before he started, you know, his body started falling apart. Ryan Zimmerman. Yeah. You said he has a couple. But, like, probably not his speed is what's doing it. It's just someone was going to make that error anyway. Yeah, and I, I think that's a pretty pretty yeah. safe uh, thing to claim. So, like, yeah, yeah um, Ryan Zimmerman has 5 in 88 games. Um, and so, yeah, if you say, like, that's league average, so similarly, like, Anthony Rendon is fast, but he's not, like, super he's, fast? He's not Trey Turner fast. He's, I think he's still uh, even slower than Bryce Harper still. Yeah. Um, like, interesting, Bryce Harper only has two. This season or overall? <laughs> two this season. Yeah, that's not um, terribly surprising. People yeah. have adjusted to him, and he's, he's slowed down a little bit, and he's not you know, a young, dumb kid at set 19 running headfirst into bases. Yeah. You know. He did match his high for stolen bases this season. Yeah. That's not surprising because he's finally got a manager who's letting him steal bases. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Two years under Matt Williams kind of kills any stolen base counts. Um, also, when you hit for power, like Bryce yeah. Harper does, you tend to reach second base on, like, you just tend to reach second base. I feel like a lot yeah. of the reach on errors are, I'm going to, I'm, I hit a lot of singles and people throw over me versus yeah. I can go get into second base pretty comfortably and still have the umpire call me out for being Bryce Harper, as happened on Friday. Yeah. Um, I like that that was almost instantly overturned. They didn't even get around to showing the complete play before the, yeah. the umps were like, no, he was safe. <laughs> like, like, okay, whatever problem you have, maybe have that problem elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Like, like that that's not cool. You know, we, you know you're on camera, right? I wasn't paying close enough attention. Was that the same umpire who threw him out of yesterday's game? Uh, I don't know, but that was, was also my question. Winters that threw him out on, on yesterday. On yesterday. <laughs> um... But I don't remember who was who was the second base up on Friday night. So on Friday night, Winters was at first. Okay, so okay. it was not so the second same base ump was someone named Muchlinsky. Well, shout out to Grace for actually writing that down. I keep an obsessive scorecard, but I even I don't write down the umpires. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Grace's scorecard. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I think as as Trey Turner becomes a known entity, and as he maybe slows down a little bit, you know. Learns his limits, maybe. Learns his limits, you know, and and also learns his role maybe even a little bit better of get on first, steal second, you know, that sort of thing. Um, You know, because that's going to be, I think, the kind of player he is, which is fine. Like, okay. Um, Mm -hmm. You know. No complaints. I I got no problem with people hitting for average if they're hitting above 300 for average. Like... (laughs) 
you know, I, I think the the reach down error is probably gonna go down a little bit, but yeah. you know, or not. Maybe maybe he'll do a D Gordon who is always much older than I think he is. He's like twenty seven or something. He's just small and has a young face. Yeah, he's twenty eight. Yeah. Well, what um, did we decide D Gordon and Billy Hamilton's top speeds are? Did a million. We? No. Because <laughs> I was just googling and trying to find their top speeds, and all I'm finding is Hamilton at twenty one point nine. Yeah. Oh, that would make Trey faster. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Gordon also somewhere in the twenty ones, but yeah. I'm not yeah. seeing either of them put at twenty two. Is that the article oh, that's yeah. about stat Statcast top speed? Yeah, and I'm looking in a couple places. Now that is from last season. Yeah. But yeah, well, I mean, anything, I don't think they would have gotten faster. Yeah, if anything, they'd be trending downwards because um, you get old. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, Trey Turner very fast. Well, it'll be fun to watch, and I mean, I just hope that the my eye test tubelinometer is um will go down as well. So I mean, I, I it would just it's okay, kid. You don't have to like kill yourself or kill other people and then make stupid outs. I mean, we like you anyway. <laughs> We like yeah. what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, so they've done StatCast on Billy Hamilton and D. Gordon, and I think Trey Turner is faster. Oh, shit. I didn't. I thought for sure Billy Hamilton was faster. But, uh, I mean, he might be slow. If, if he's slowing down, because this is, what, his third season, and he's got three seasons of wear and tear, well, yeah. we could use this as, like a, as a trajectory marker. Like, keep an eye on, on their average speeds over their first three seasons and their average reach on errors and use that as a projector for Trey and see if he matches up. Who else yeah. is really fast? Uh, We're worth talking about in speed terms at, like, B Billy Hamilton and D. Gordon, you know? Mm -hmm. Not, like, yeah. Bryce fast, but, like, that kind of fast. No. Um, I don't know. The, 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 what was it? The kid on the Brewers named Scooter? <laughs> <laughs> Well, he's not a vote... no, Scooter Janet. He's been around for a while. I know. Um, I mean, he's not slow. No. Like, you don't get to be named Scooter unless you're either very fast or very slow. I just kind uh, of assumed that was his that his parents named him that because he's some sort of like weird. I don't know. Did they not? It's probably a nickname. You know, it like Buster is not his actual real. It's not Buster. No, Posey's it's real Gerald. Name. Yeah. Um. Or like, I'm pretty sure Chipper Jones' real name is not Chipper. Um. Or... Okay, fine. Ryan Joseph Scooter Jeanette. Oh. I'm disappointed. I know, I am too. Cool. I kind of always assumed that that was his name. Trey He's Turner had has that a silly nickname middle. since he was five. Okay, but that doesn't mean, like, you're still fast at five. Yeah, they, they probably called him that because he was a little holy No, wait, I have a story. Uh-oh. He says he adopted the name as a five-year-old fan of the Muppets character Scooter. Oh, no. And used it as a permanent alias after his mother, Tina, tried to impart a lesson about buckling his seatbelt with a trip to a police station for a lecture. I thought I was going to be arrested, he said, so I told the policeman my name was Scooter. He has been Scooter ever since. <laughs> oh my god, this Holy is the best crap. thing I've ever heard. <laughs> oh my lord, I was going to say Trey Turner's middle name is Vance. Like, that's oh. not... No, that's not that's... good. Scooter, no, 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 Scooter story wins. <laughs> Could Trey we call him Vance like... Turner? Yeah, Turbo Turner, uh... <laughs> I will say we were at the game on Friday, and Anthony Rondone hit a double, as he does, and my husband goes, wait, is that why they call him Tony Two Bags? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, why else would they su uh, oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. I just kind of looked at him like, 
Yes. <laughs> Not because he's in the mob, which was his other uh, theory. Suggestion other than um, not fa- not family friendly suggestion. Yeah. <laughs> As with Friday, um, we do actually have sort of. We always like it when we can do sort of like of the moment things that happen to us with relationship nationals baseball. So Laura. Well, first of all, I'm in D.C., which is exciting. Hi, yeah. reporting to you from D.C. We tried to, not, we tried to that, organize it that we could all be together, but it did not quite happen. Yeah, unless we had been recording physically at the game on Friday, which just would have been loud. But um, the other thing that I had the opportunity to do on Friday was um, my friend Grace, who we've mentioned a couple times, um, who is who I generally go to games with, she and I had the opportunity to go and watch batting practice from on the field, which was amazing. Um, The Nats actually weren't taking batting practice for whatever reason. We were told that they just weren't on Friday, so we watched the Rockies, but we still got to stand on the field, which honestly was the most exciting part for me. Um, We'd been out there for yoga on the outfield before, but that's just the outfield. We'd never been, like, by the infield at all. And the biggest thing that struck me was up close, the outfield is a lot bigger, and the infield is a lot smaller. I can, could, yeah, I, I, I've done it before too, and like it, it, you're like, oh my god, everything's so close. This is really bizarre. Yeah, I mean, looking at the distance between like the mound and the plate, I've always thought, oh, I can't throw that far, and I probably can't. Now that I've stood there, I feel slightly more confident about my ability to throw that far, not with accuracy. Like, physically that distance, I think I could probably propel a ball over that distance. So if, if we ever manage to work it out that you can get the, like, throw out the first pitch, like you win a contest or something, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna do it? You're going to try throwing from the mound? See if you can get it that far? I mean, let's not get carried away. <laughs> um, it really also just gave me a sense for when you, when you see those quick reaction plays, especially at third, but really anywhere on the infield – how quick those plays have to be. I mean, that is not far. Um, And then conversely, looking at the outfield from close up, how far they do have to go. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's sort of amazing because I'm not a large human, as we've alluded to a lot of times. And so, you know, obviously baseball players are much bigger than I am, but just imagining how much ground you have to cover in the outfield and then how quickly you have to react in the infield it really struck me, and that was sort of my, my biggest takeaway from the opportunity to watch BP from the field was just standing there really taking in the dimensions of the field, which I hadn't had a chance to do before from a good vantage point. It was also really interesting to watch them take BP up close and be able to tell, and it was just the Rockies, but still, to be able to tell how hard they weren't trying. <laughs> and they're just hitting them out, and they're hitting batting practice pitches out and those pitches are not hard pitches meaning like they're they're not getting a lot of velocity from the pitch and they're just casually hitting them out of the park and it just doesn't even look like they're trying well they're not trying super hard because then they might hurt themselves like that's why bright yeah but yeah yeah i mean it just you you're not even trying and that ball just went like 500 feet not literally 500 feet would probably put it on half street. No, not quite on half street, but on that, like, on the center field plaza. Yeah. Oh, also, Charlie Blackman looks a lot like Jason Worth from the back. (laughs) 
Lots of hair. And lots of beard. Well, he grew his hair out. It didn't used to be that long, I don't think. It did not. Mm. No. Not even and so now, Right. And so now it sticks out the back of his hat, and I was momentarily confused. Could we <laughs> do an all-beard all-star game? I think we've mentioned that before. And Zimmerman uh, qualifies now, so yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, evil alternate universe Ryan Zimmerman. He's growing um, on me. It helps with the jowls. Yeah, <laughs> I was I was very anti, but I'm kind of like resigned. As long as it doesn't start getting like leprechauny the way Drew Storins did, I think we'll be all right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I assume Danny Espinosa had to shave off a full beard this morning, and we'll have to do so again before the game. Like it just regrows every night. If there's an all beard all star game, though, is it is beard growing part of the competition? Because then Danny would definitely win. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, like speed growth alone. Um, yeah. Well, good. I mean, anything else about that that was f really great for you? I mean, it's I really three, cool to be out there. I was three feet away from Max. <laughs> Max, Max came out to just, like, play catch. And he came out of the far end of the dugout and ate his back to us. And I'm like, that's Max, that's Max, that's Max. Grace is like, really? Is it? Are you sure? I'm like, no, that's Max. <laughs> I'm positive. I'm positive. I've done a lot of studies. <laughs> Um, and then eventually he turned around, and she was like, oh, that's Max. <laughs> I'm like, yep, yep, I told you, I told you, I could tell. Um, and he did come and sign some stuff, but he was signing for a lot of little kids, and I wasn't going to push my way, even though we really, really wanted him to sign Grace's scorebook from his no-hitter. Oh, yeah. On no-hitter bobblehead day. You'll have yeah. a chance at some point, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, no, we're... We're going to try again sometime, but um, it was, as of now, the closest I've ever physically been to any of them, and it was Max, so, you know, that happened. So it the was appropriate. occurred. We breathed the same air, you know. <laughs> Calm down. Yeah. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm alive. It's cool. Yeah. Uh, last year when, when Kay got... Uh, SB to sign her jersey, and then I got Drew Storen to sign my shirt. We both were like, it took a couple hours to like come down from that. Yeah, it was pretty great. Although yeah. apparently I was not aware of this, but it said I entered a fugue state. Yes, uh. I would agree. I, I agree with me. Uh, Pat, Pat Sydney called that one because um, you were like, uh, mm -mm. and I was like, she likes you. Sign her shirt. And Daniel Espinosa was like, you're not trying to hold my hand, so yeah, cool. <laughs> Like, yeah. clearly, Kay was like, I'm worried about being creepy. And I'm like, eh, you got out creeped, so don't worry. <laughs> um, that is the thing. Someone is always going to be creepier than us. I hope so. I hope to God that's the case. Isn't that like I, a rule of the internet or something? Yes. Also, I think if you're, like, aware of it, you're like, be cool, be cool, don't be a horrible creeper, don't be a horrible creeper, versus people who are like, let me hold your hand. I have no internal filter. I have, yeah. Yeah, like. yeah versus, like, I'm trying to apply an internal filter to what is going to be word vomit is going so... to come out very differently than word vomit or, <laughs> exactly. or touching. Yeah, yeah. I, know I, I know I have a problem with word vomit, so I do my best to keep it under control. And then you're just, like, kind of creepily staring and very quiet, as opposed to creepily staring and, like, oh, yelling in people's faces. I don't control the word vomit that well. Words no. still happen. <laughs> I mostly Maybe just not say... in complete sentences. 
inappropriate weird things. <laughs> but you manage but at least to keep it to like the other people and not the baseball players themselves. Yeah, or or <laughs> it's just like, hmm, yeah, I don't really care about Matt Belial, so let me embarrass Matt Belial. Yeah. Like, no that was offense. Cute. Yeah, but at the same time, I'm just like, yeah, I think I'm probably going to be a lot better at talking to Matt Belisle than I would be, like, I was not cool around Oliver Perez. Like, I'm going to be no. clear about that. Hi! Yeah. I like yeah. We got words out. That's about it. We got, like, appropriate words in the right order. I did ask him <laughs> when his next at-bat was. Yes. Nice. So, but... but, yeah. So, okay, well, you, you didn't get him to sign anything because, you know, he was talking to awful children yeah children. Uh, well, that's okay Who do you think I this have... game is for <laughs> i have stuff signed by him so i know it wouldn't be as special as if he did it in person but i did win a signed ball for the video of chocolate sauce being poured on my head that exists on twitter <laughs> and i don't know if it's more or less embarrassing that that video was not done for the contest that they had around winterfest that was a video that we had already made it's better. You're just dedicated. Yeah? I mean, it was after the no-hitter in New York. We yeah. froze our asses off for three hours. I don't think I breathed for the last four innings. Yeah. Um, and I had said on my blog, okay, guys, if the Nats, like, turn this around miraculously and make the postseason, I'll get chocolate sauce on camera. And then they didn't, but Max threw a no-hitter that I was at, and so I figured that was a good enough reason to get chocolate sauce on camera anyway. Yeah. And Grace was perfectly thrilled to provide the chocolate sauce like, on the camera. <laughs> so we went to like a Dwayne Reed in New York at like midnight and bought chocolate sauce. And that then is she... the least weird thing to happen in a Dwayne Reed in New York at midnight. <laughs> That's yeah. the thing. That's what I like about this is that it was not even weird. And then she poured chocolate sauce on my head on video. And later, like three months later, they announced the contest. And I conveniently had a video already. Okay. And I won a signed baseball. I got this in the bag. Oh, good. Well, I think we're nearing our end here tonight. I think we'll leave on this high note of weird things we have done <laughs> for signatures or player attention or weird things we haven't done. Let's maybe that's the better way to look at it. Yes. We did not shove children out of the way. We did not hold anyone's hands. <laughs> we were always out creep. <laughs> so, yeah. There's always I mean, someone creepier. Yeah, I mean... I, I don't know if it's creepy to be like, hey, Trey Turner, you're, you're as fast as a green iguana. It's like, that's... Oh, that's now on the top of the list for the things we have to say that if we ever get to meet him, though. Yeah. yeah. We looked up animal... I, I feel like we need a graphic for that. We do. We do need a graphic for it. We should okay. make a, We could make a sign or something. Um, but I think we're, we're getting it up. Do you want to tell us what... How are, how's defensive indifference going? How is uh, Daniel Murphy donations... Daniel Murphy donations are going pretty well. He just got a $4 bonus for his first career Grand Slam. Jen Rubenstein, right. who runs Queer Fancy Stats, put up a poll saying, hey, I'm going to crowdsource this. What do we think should be the bonus? And Twitter voted, and he got a $4 bonus for that. Um, so the August total is now up to $43.02, and today is the 28th. So depending on whether he does anything particularly ridiculous in the next few days, we could hit 50 bucks for August. It's Woo! not impossible. Where's it going? This the, I know you said on the last podcast, but I've already forgotten. Um, I believe <laughs> it is the Wanda Alston House, mm -hmm. um, which is an organization in D.C. that provides housing services to D.C. area LGBT youth. Awesome. 
So awesome cause. Thank you very much, Daniel Murphy. We appreciate your contribution. Let's contribute a little bit more, Daniel Murphy, and then yes. push us through to a happy end of the month. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, well, I guess anybody else got something they want to bring up, note, ask a question for next time? Um, if you guys have questions for next time or anything that you want to talk to us about, please get ahead, go ahead and get in contact with us on Twitter, Rustin Pitchface, on Tumblr, Resting Pitchface Podcast. You can email us at our Gmail always, uh, restingpitchface at gmail.com. And you can listen to us on iTunes, although you cannot at the moment talk to us on iTunes. Um, so for today, for Resting Pitchface, I'm Kay. I'm Laura. And I'm Sydney. Let's go Nats. Let's go Nats. Let's go Nats. Please come back, Tyler. It's just not the same since you went away. We really miss your eyewear. And the way you confused that is at the plate. There's a seat for you right next to Drew, and we need you to pitch the aid. Besides, there's no other 